I, I would like to perhaps call them aquamarine and submarine. Sorry, my phone just started playing the trailer for My Little Pony there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a carbon neutral bond, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say where Bridgerton can be seen because I'll get into trouble. <laughs> Hello, Fraser, can you hear me? Nobody does it better. Yeah, I can hear you. Great. I can uh, I can hear you really well. Good. Good. Do, do, I'm glad. Ask, ask me why. Why? Why can you hear me really well? I've just had my ears uh, syringed. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been meaning to do that for ages. It's great. I'm hearing sounds I've never heard before. Uh, tell me, right, this can be cut out or, or what, but <laughs> how how do you go about it? Do you just go to your doctor and say, syringe me, please? No, I just put a little thing in bits. You just squish it in and do it. Oh, self-syringed. Self-syringed, yeah. I'm sure a professional would do it better. Maybe actually we should say for a disclaimer, please seek the advice of a medical professional, but no, just did it myself. Wow. Okay. In our industry, Fraser, it's important to be able to speak clearly and to hear clearly. Well, yes, you have to listen to your podcast guests as well as talk to your podcast guests about James Bond. Exactly. And we will be listening clearly to our guests today build their own James Bond film by picking who they want to play Bond, co-star, villain, who they want to direct the film and who they want to perform the theme song. And as well as that, they can pick anything else they want to make their film as special as they can. Uh, gadgets, guns, books, locations, animals. Animals, yeah. Food, drink. Yep. One thing they definitely shouldn't pick at any time is Madonna. Well, that was a firm ring there. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it, what happens if they do? say don't even pick what happens if they say madonna if they say madonna then that is exactly what will happen the madonna bell will ring and if it rings three times if it rings three times like so it won't be like in quick succession like that but (laughs) if it rings three times then they have to sing a line from their favorite or least favorite madonna song brilliant well let's just cross our fingers and pray that it doesn't happen otherwise i might be trying to clog my ears back up again (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> today's guest i'm really bloody excited about because it's a, a friend of a guest we've had before jane crowther today's guest ashanti omkar she's like the ultimate film buff she knows her stuff um, yeah you've seen her probably seen her on podcasts on tv on the news writes uh, our reviews in the guardian and other such places yeah, and I've, I've got high hopes that she's going to be fun to talk to as well. So, I think so. Big um, advocate for diversity in film and other forms of media. So I think we're hopefully going to get some eclectic picks and um, push the boundaries of, of what Bond can be. Yeah, definitely. She's been emailing back and forward. She's not told me any of the details of her film, but she definitely sounds super excited to be part of it. So let's do right. it. Let's bring her in. Okay. Today's guest, let me tell you, has a CV longer than the No Time to Die pre-titles. 
not to mention her influence in prestigious institutions like BAFTA, BIFA, the Brits, and Sundance Film Festival. She's a regular contributor to BBC News, The Guardian, and friends of the show, Total Film. This guest really does have a life to envy, rubbing shoulders with the likes of Idris Elba, Emma Thompson, and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. But even more impressive are the waves she's made over the years for diversity and inclusion in film and music. Now, in all four seasons of this podcast, I have never spoken to anyone that's been quite so excited to take part as this. So it's an honour to have you and welcome Ashanti Omkar. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello, and gosh, I've I've, I've got goosebumps hearing all those things. That's, you kind of forget, right, when you're sitting at home doing your work, and then suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, all of well, these things. <laughs> no wonder, because you've done an awful lot of work. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. It has been a very uh, hectic few years, and uh, you know what can I say? It's uh, it's been very interesting for me because I jumped from the world of tech, which is one of the reasons why this podcast has made me feel so happy and so excited because I used to be a, a proper kind of geek girl from, from the corporate tech world. And you've asked me to talk about things like gadgets. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I mean, long introduction from Fraser, but I think that was pretty much the shortened version, to be honest, because you, you have done so much. And, and normally at this point, we ask the guests, you know, are you into film? Are you a film buff or whatever? But it seems a bit obsolete to ask you that, Shanti. <laughs> it's true. I'm constantly watching films, whether they're short films, long films, international films, or good old Hollywood. It's 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 a, a crazy but lovely, lovely thing to be doing. I, I, I have to say, I didn't ever think I'd become a film critic, nor did I ever think I'd be sitting on a stage at BAFTA or Picture House interviewing a John McTiernan type person. So it's all been very, very unexpected, let's put it that way. I didn't quite plan my life this way, but I'm glad the way it's going. <laughs> Amazing. That's lovely to hear. Um, and it's, it's lovely to hear that you enjoy it as well. And you've, you've got you've got a passion for it. And it's I love hearing that because... You know, so many people say cinema is dying and all that rubbish, but nah, it's not, is it? Nope, nope, it's definitely not dying. I I think there's only scope for it to grow and change and, and get better and better. And now with streaming platforms, it's making life even better for creators. And of course, being in the digital age and TikTok, you can make your own mini movie at any point. If, you, if you've got that story or seed in your mind, you can bring it to life before you know it. So there are so many ways to to continue making these. And, you know, it's great to see things like Bond still surviving in such a way, still bringing in such a big box office and creating such a buzz. And I was at the Bond 60 concert a few weeks ago. And my gosh, you know, those tunes were so iconic. And seeing them being performed in, in front of us with that, that orchestra just gave, gave everybody the chills. I could just feel it was palpable in the room and I'm I'm glad that you've dedicated this podcast to Bond it's great I believe you're good friends with a, a previous guest of ours Jane uh, Jane, Miss Jane Crowther <laughs> oh yes now Jane is even more into Bond I would say she's been on the sets and does all kinds of cool things around it and it's 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 really lovely that you've been able to to uplift uplift all these different voices on the podcast that's been the most yeah the most fun thing for us is 
we've, I don't, I don't lose track of how many numbers of these episodes that we've done, but every single person comes in with their own little take and their own little bit of them and, and what Bond means. Although the, the, the structure of the films can be so kind of formulaic sometimes, the, the ability for everyone to like put their own little take on it and, and kind of take little things for themselves from Bond, it's, it's a perfect franchise for discussions like this. And we always make sure that we make it clear, and I'm sure phrases outlined to you, that there's absolutely no rules. You don't have to... It doesn't have to be um, Bond as we might expect it, but it's Bond how you want it. So it's uh, it's been a great way to hear people's takes on Bond, like generally, but just film overall, really, and what they love and and, and what people are, are kind of into. I mean, before I even go into telling you guys about what I want as my perfect Bond, I'm putting the disclaimer out to... Uh... You know, Barbara Broccoli and Eon Productions to say that if you want to use any of these ideas, please approach me. I'm at Ashanti Omkar on all social platforms. <laughs> and did you find the the process difficult? Was it hard for you to pick stuff? Oh, no. I mean, the minute uh, Fraser sent me the email, I saw the list and it just came flowing out of me. I didn't, I actually dedicated. I did, wasn't expecting to dedicate any time at that point in time. I thought, okay, I'll just look at this, read through this list. I'll have a think about it. But suddenly it just all came to me. It was just hitting me like, whoa. And I thought there's so much. I probably, as, as somebody who is from the global majority, I'm South Asian with, you know, heritage. I grew up in, I was born in Sri Lanka. I grew up in Denmark and then Nigeria before we moved to the UK. I obviously bond is, I've seen so so much of Bond in the way my life has been, going from country to country and traveling by ship and traveling by plane and all of those things. But what I didn't see was much of myself in these um, in these films all these years. So in sixty years, it, it's it's um, something that I want to see happening, and slowly but surely, especially with the most recent take on it, you know, having Lashana Lynch as Oh Seven, that was a huge kind of representation point that we hadn't quite seen before and you know the the future now is is really bright because anybody in fact i'm sure eon productions probably listening to this podcast saying who should we cast next as bond and they'll have a, a whole load of uh ideas coming through yeah hopefully they'll have hopefully they'll be able to see the pictures as well and they'll see who the perfect next bond will be <laughs> <laughs> I love that. so i love that with, with, obviously without giving any any spoilers for your film away yes. of course for you um diversity in, in the film industry and other creative industries is something that's really important was that something that that's factored into your to your picks would you say absolutely 100 percent. it has factored into my picks because i just wanted to flip it on the head in some ways this gave me that opportunity to think about what i would do if i was given given this this franchise bearing in mind the gravitas of the fr franchise and how much it means to the people it's also like how do we also make this you know really interesting but also really different and this is something that i think they're trying to do in in their own in their own real lives it's like how do we kind of change this and make this uh, more colorful <laughs> and 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 make it different in this digital age because when bond f first came out you know you didn't have the technology we have today and there's so many things that that are just evolving in a big way and who knows you know they could they could make like a set of uh tiktok shorts and then pick 
the best person through through that for one of their castings. There's so many opportunities these days that never existed when Bond first came out. So, yeah, I I, I think we could do lots on the representation side of things. I think there's actually a Amazon Amazon Studios are making a reality show that's like based on James Bond. That's like the road to 007 or something like that. Um, and hopefully that's going to be a good way of, of showing all the, the representation of, of how different all of those personalities and people can be yeah. and still have, still have that James Bond lifestyle. Oh, gosh, yes. And I have to say, I'm putting the, the disclaimer out here that everybody I've chosen here today, they're people who you'd never expect to be chosen as Bond. And I've kind of changed so much about it. So it's going to be an interesting one, to hear, especially to hear your thoughts as the biggest Bond fans in the world, obviously. <laughs> For sure. I think, we're, well, it sounds like it's one we're going to have to maybe fire up IMDb just to make sure we're we're on top of everything, uh, which, of course, listeners should do at home as well. Play along at home, we always say. And I think we should get into it. I want to hear some of these picks. Yeah, let's do it. Let's have a little cheers. Don't know if you've got a drink. Oh, yes. Mine is actually a cup. I don't have a martini, but it looks like yours is kind of shaken and not stirred. Yeah, um, it is actually just water, but <laughs> <laughs> it's too early for me for a martini, but it looks, it looks the part. It does. I mean, you look the part. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> to my ears. <laughs> Sometimes we go like a whole episode, and the guests won't even acknowledge, like, won't even say anything about the fact that Fraser's wearing like a bow tie. No, all... Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, that's the first thing I said. I was like, oh my gosh, you are Mister Bond. <laughs> oh, I'm blushing. I'm blushing. So. <laughs> right. So, do you want to know who plays? On, I started, you know, get getting. In fact, I typed it all out on my phone, frenetically. I didn't expect that I'd be so into creating my own bond. But let me reveal to you who my bond will be. Okay, let's let's hear it. You'll be shocked, but I'm going for Tessa Thompson. Yeah. I know she's not British. I know that Bond should be a Brit, but let let me assure you, there'll be lots of British talent in my list. But I am picking my Bond and my Bond girl are both girls who are not not British. So Tessa Thompson, I mean, she's bisexual, she's fit, she's versatile, she's whip smart, wears, you know, well, in my my version of her, she, she's whip smart, she wears tailored suits made of African kente and Ankara cloth, but in dark colours because she needs to be a bit, you know, a, a bit... What's the word? Stealthy, I guess. She's also very strong. And uh, her backstory is that she was a child genius, went down a dark path, and then got recruited for her talent. So that's my bond, Tessa Thompson. Wow, we've got a backstory already. I love it. I know, that's uh, in-depth. Brilliant. And um, what, were the, what were the sort of Tessa Thompson roles that, you, that, that made you think they should be so perfect for a bond? So just just watching her in in the Marvel universe has made me see you know and and obviously we've also seen her in things like Creed and but but seeing her in in the Thor franchise and then she appeared in Men in Black that film might not have done that well but she had that look and the part you know she just to me I I just when I was when I looked at Fraser's list I just thought yes this is the woman for the job she can do it and also her being bisexual gives us that little edge that I don't think they've managed to bring in the LGBTQ plus IA 
vibe has not been brought into the franchise that much. And being 2022 and beyond, some, some of these things should be dealt with, I feel, in, in big franchises, because this is where you can really make some, some change in the world. So I feel like she, she brings so much to, to this, this role. Yeah, she has, I mean, she could fight. She can fight. She can fight. She's got the biceps. She's got the triceps. She's got she's got the strength for sure. Yeah. And and Thor and also in um in Westworld, she's amazing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Quite quite intimidating actually she is in in Westworld. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think that's a good pick. Um I think she's at the right stage right now. I think she's kind of at the right stage of fame where a bond casting could propel her for the rest of her life. Agreed. Totally. Totally agreed. I I feel like this is if they're going to really shake it up, they can do something with a with a character like this and a and, and a you know an actress like this, you know, bringing somebody like that to the fold. And she's got the fame also, you know, people everybody knows who she is. She's a household name. Mm. So the only thing is she'll have to work really stringently on getting the the accent right because we need her to be British. Yeah, she does, <laughs> she, does, she does do the she does an English accent in Thor and Avengers. So this is true, and it's true. She, she it's weird, isn't it? How good she is at doing that, and yeah. I feel like but but for Bond, you just need to be a notch up, you know, to sound like a Daniel Craig. You just need to be that little notch up. So I I think she'll she'll have to work on it a little bit and make that even even better. But you're right, we've we've heard that, we've seen seen that she could perfectly fit into this. And you were saying with Tessa that the her bisexuality is important for diversity. Is that in the character as well? Because it's something they have played with a little bit in Bond before. Is it part of her character as well? True. I I feel like it should be. I would like like that to happen because a lot of the times we see characters who are from the LGBTQ space played by actors who are not. And I would love to kind of flip that on the head and say, well, here is somebody with that. And, you know, we have seen her giving us little little glimpses of what that role could look like, but we still haven't really seen it. Whereas I think with Bond, you can actually get to play around with that a lot better. There's more scope. Yeah. It's it's not for children, you know, it's made for adults. Yeah, and for Bond, like, sexuality is a weapon, so it's such an important, always an important part of the plot lines and everything like that, so... Yes. Brilliant. Agreed. Agreed. There is a, there's, there's arguments to say that, yeah, that, that, that has been alluded to in Bond films before, that there's maybe a, a, you know, there's a queer reading into it, but it's always a reading. It's never out there and it's never, you know, put on display for, you know, for all the world to, to see and love. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a good idea to, to explore Bond's sexual issue. Is she, is she, is she Bond? What's her, what's her first name? Has she got first name? Oh, oh, oh gosh, I didn't think of her first name actually because I just saw her as 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 just as Bond. But you're right. Normally it's James Bond. So what shall we call her? Hmm. How about I want to give her an African name. So I think how about Femi? Femi. Femi, Femi Bond. Hi, I'm Femi Bond. How does it's that? Almost like, it's like like extra meta that is referring to the fact like it sounds, yeah. almost sounds like it's a like female bond oh yes exactly meta and extra mm. meta i like that yes well, femi, and what... femi is a nigerian name and it's a very 
well, it's a well-known Nigerian name and it feels right for somebody who is, you know, of colour playing Bond. Playing Bond. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and we do, we've talked on the podcast obviously a lot before about female Bond and if it will happen, whether we think it should happen, etc. What's your take on that of the kind of argument of, you know, what happens a lot with recasting of previously male characters with female actors against the argument of just writing better roles for women? What's your perspective on that? I I personally think that we should be able to do both because after all, this is all fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like there shouldn't be a curb on people's creative ideas coming out like that. So from my perspective, yes, absolutely. She, you know, having a, a female bond is a brilliant, uh, brilliant way to to move the franchise forward. Of course, there are lots of people who will say the opposite, but I am, you know, I'm kind of out there, aren't I, in, in terms of, <laughs> of how I'm looking at the world. Something tells me you wouldn't be too concerned about the backlash. Yes. No, 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 I will own it. I will own it. And Tessa, if she's playing Bond, will prove herself. That's it, isn't it? You have all these debates about that side of things. But when it comes to the crunch, is the film good? Are the performances good? That's all that matters. And I think, you know, we see from her back catalogue, she makes great movies. Well, she doesn't always make great movies, but she she is good in, in the movies she's in. Mm. She is. She's She's got, you know... a she's she's not just somebody who comes on screen when she comes on screen she lights it up and that's what what's magical about her you know she's got these very very expressive eyes on top of the fact that she's super fit that makes a a huge difference i feel when it comes to a role like this yeah for sure yeah for those eyes only yeah (laughs) (laughs) very good Uh, great we like it seems very positive yeah. 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 Sorry. You seem to like this, which is great. I was going to say, shall we bo- jump to my Bond girl? Which, yeah. you know, I know you've said that traditionally, you know, this is there is a Bond girl. We don't have to go in that direction. But I'd like to play with this since we've talked so much about, you know, the bisexuality and and all of these these different aspects. I want to go for, and you you might or might not have seen Never Have I Ever on on Netflix. But there's a young actress, she was a teenager, she was 17 when she was cast in this. She put uh, in her videotape, Mindy Kaling had tweeted about it. This girl had sat with her friend, made this video recording. She made it as one of the biggest series to hit Netflix, especially during the pandemic. 40 million households watched her and watched season one of uh, of Never Have I Ever. Maitre Ramakrishnan, I've interviewed her several times. She's, as a, as a person, she's already, she's vi- young and vibrant and very sassy. And I'd like her to bring some of that personality and just to get the job done. So I want her to be kind of, not not, not necessarily just a Bond girl. I want her, her to be like the assistant, like the, like having Batman and Robin, you know, having that person who who helps Bond do these things and having Tessa Thompson and Maitre for me, it feels like it would be great because Maitre is like this new new kind of shining star of Hollywood. She's one of, you know, Time 100's most, um, most wanted young people in the business. She's done kind of voiceovers for My Little Pony on Netflix. She was in Turning Red from, uh, from, from Disney, which uh, is a, a new kind of Pixar animation that came out a few months ago. 
and she played a Priya Mangal in that. And Maitri has this, you know, she's she's got this kind of voluptuous figure, but she's also super fit. And I feel that she will be a really great sidekick to uh, to Tessa Thompson as Bond and Bond Girl. Sorry, my phone just started playing the trailer for My Little Pony there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to fess up as well and say that I've had to uh, do a quick IMDb search. I hadn't seen Never Have I Ever. So uh, unfortunately, this one will have to take your word for it. Yeah. But your the description there you, you, um, sounds like it'd be a perfect match for this kind of role. A proper co-star, not just a kind of throwaway Bond girl, yeah. um, but like, you know, a real sort of equal or a real partner. Um, this is exactly yeah. it. I feel like the bond, a lot of Bond girls have been done dirty by this old structure of, of scripting and, and what, what they've stood for. And this time round, if I had the option, I would I would change that. So Maitre, I feel, really will suit that because she's only just hit 20. She's She's got that kind of vibrance and that, that youth to her. And again, like Tessa, she really does light up the screen. And it'd be nice to see her playing a very different type of role from what she's done so far. And she's only like what three four three years old into into her journey of uh of of films but she's she's one to watch watch out for and i i feel like she'll be doing some big things yeah seems to have had an absolute sort of skyrocketing career so far if she's only been in the business for such a short time oh, yeah. um <laughs> one one to watch for sure you heard it here first on build a bond yeah absolutely absolutely now i know you're dying to know who plays my villain yes yes <laughs> it sounds like you're dying to tell us who plays I, your I, really, <laughs> I really am so uh, for me i've gone for co-villains actually not just one but there are going to be two two people here uh, they both wear teal suits at all times. So again, the villains are also dressed up in these sh you know, sharp suits is what, is what I'm going for here. And uh, they come from a tech background because, you know, I feel like I'm always drawing back to that. They can hack things. They're trained assassins. They have a big boss whose voice we can hear, but we can't see in the in the film. So the the voice is Danai Gurira, who oh, is in Black Panther. She plays Okoye, and I spoke to her only a few days ago. She's very much on my mind, and I feel like she could do that because she comes from a theatrical background, and she's written theatre, she's been in theatre, and she could really, you know, she can bring that, where she can bring a little bit of kind of humour into it, but also she can turn into this menacing boss who's telling these two people the two co-villains what to do so, so this is sorry this is uh, the, the, just the voice of, of of the villain this isn't one of this the two the teal voice. baddies oh no yeah that's right ah, so we've okay. got the big boss yeah. with the voice we can hear and that's Danai Gurira and then we have the villains dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> so tense in here I know. I know I know the tension is building because one of them will be one of my kind of favorite actresses Tilda Swinton Yes. who is just amazing in everything she does and this you know brilliant woman all around and I think she could embody this kind of teal suit wearing villain very well yeah and the other one is Henry Cavill aka Superman soup as <laughs> some of us say because I wanted my villains to be British and I wanted them to be quite different but also two people who have the gravitas to bring that role that that i would like especially because they are trained assassins both of them 
Yeah. It's controversial because I'm sure as you're aware, Henry Cavill is very much up there in the list of who, they, who everyone thinks is going to be the next Bond. Indeed. The man with the best cheekbones in the industry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and and the best guy moustache. <laughs> I'm just thinking, oh, we've seen Tilda Swinton do good villain roles before. Henry Cavill, off the top of my head, I can't think of a good villain that he's done. He hasn't. And after seeing him doing Sherlock and just really falling for him, because in in fact, I had to tear my hair out between Benedict Cumberbatch and Henry Cavill for this particular role. But I, I went and, and I think this is the kind of hangover of watching Enola Holmes and and just thinking and, and having seen him in action again and seeing how good he looks in a suit. I just thought this is the man for the role. I mean, he was quite, he was a bit of a villain in Mission Impossible, wasn't he? Oh, yes, this is true. Mm. This I haven't is seen true. that actually, to be fair. Um, Possible six or seven, or I can't remember which one. Yeah, 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 this track. <laughs> and also, I'm very keen to just flip what you'd normally see these people doing. And I feel like for an actor like like him, he can definitely take this on and he can he can be menacing if he wants to. I truly believe it. Yeah. yeah. With the smoldering yeah. eyes. I it actually, the the Sherlock Holmes he plays, yeah, is 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 quite. It's kind of like that, a little bit smoldery, a little bit like uh, not brooding per se, but I think that that's a nice little template. I think. Yeah, and he's he's like so charming, and he's. I I want my villains to be ambiguous. That's that's one of my major kind of wants when I see something like this because you might you know at one point think, oh, are they fighting for the greater good? Is there something in what they're doing, or is there not? Questioning mm. mm. <laughs> their their uh, morals, I suppose. Yeah, lovely. Great. So, so they're like a sort of duo working together. Are they bickering with each other? I want to see hear about the dynamic between the two of them. The, the dynamic is that they actually get on really well. So they came through kind of the underground where they were hacking things, and they trained together. You know, so it's almost like they went to villain school together. <laughs> they, they're best friends. They get on really well. And Denai kind of is manipulating them to do the uh, the greater bidding, so to speak. So these are two people who could otherwise be your next door neighbor, neighbor, but they've turned into this life of crime. Okay, right. Hear me out, hear me out for a second here. Okay. Is there, is there something in Tilda and Henry and Tessa being at school together. Because you mentioned that Tessa does go down a dark path. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a history there. I would like, actually, now that you've said it, I do like that. I do, yes. Yes, when they were children, they went to this kind of school for very clever people who, yeah, tech some a place that was filled with technology. And yes, actually, now you've, you've kind of added that extra extra bonus <laughs> they have a history together they went to some sort of like silicon valley super school or <laughs> although of course your film shanti so if we have any silly suggestions please just tell us to they uh... they, so, they went to a school in in england for sure so oh, all course. three of them went to a school somewhere in you know kind of i would say maybe even east london because i grew up there so i'm Right. East London schools are the best. They're not necessarily the best, but some some place like that, somewhere in East London, where they, you know, they were ordinary kids, but they just displayed these extraordinary talents, and you know, the right people 
managed to kind of kind of find them and 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 train them and they've grown into very different people the three of them but not as different as you think so this is where this ambiguous thing comes in with them because with Tilda and Henry's characters I haven't named these characters come to think of it Mm. Mm. I haven't actually given them a name they have like cliche Bond villain names like uh, Bambi and Thumper or something (laughs) where's that one from (laughs) Hmm. Something about the teal suits, I don't know. Teal. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I think we could call them... Also, there's another bit I have to add to this, but I wanted to keep that under the uh, plot, plot point section. But um, I, I, I would like to perhaps call them aquamarine and submarine. And I'll tell <laughs> oh, you man. why. And which is which? And which is which? Well, mm, I think Tilda would be aquamarine. And Henry will be submarine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and a little tease of more to come. Exciting. Yes, more to come. More um. To come. Well, we should we, we should talk about Tilda Swinton. Actually, we spent a lot of time talking about Henry Cavill. Tilda Swinton. Big. Uh, we're big fans of her on the show. Any roles in particular that that, made, that stood out for you? Uh, well, I mean, all I can say is this woman is just. So, like, she embodies every role in a very different way. So you see her in Vanilla Sky, and she's one way. You see her in the Marvel Universe, she's one one way. You see her in, like, the Chronicles of Narnia. She 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 somehow, even though she, she has a very specific look about her, the way she molds into those roles means that you just engage only with her as that person she is, you know, in a grand Budapest hotel type you know, type type film. And you don't really think of her as being Tilda Swinton. And that's what I like about her. Again, it's her, her theatre background, I feel really has helped her mould herself this way. And yeah, I, I guess, I, I think for me, her, her stuff in the Marvel Universe has made me feel that she would be able to kind of change herself into this villainous role and do it quite well and that she can be menacing when she wants to be. We always, I think we've mentioned before in the podcast, and Snowpiercer, the villain in that, mm. is one of, is one of my favorite villains. So if she could channel that, it would be perfect. Yeah, that sort of Northern English kind of almost business like. Yeah, I thought she was awesome in that. Absolutely agreed, agreed, agreed. I mean, she she has such a body of work, and I feel like she could embody this so so easily. Yeah. She, it would be a breeze for her. And like you say, she always does very different characters, but it's always so believable. You know, you, you, you never, she never, the fact that she is maybe one of the most recognisable actors herself never sort of takes away from the role she's playing, which is not always true of some really big actors. Sometimes you always see the actor first, uh, regardless of the role, whereas she's a complete reverse, in my view. 100%, 100%. And, you know, yeah, she's the ancient one, and she could easily play this this so well, I feel. Aquamarine. I think it's looking for Danai Gurira as well. I am not a fan of The Walking Dead, but I've watched a lot of it, and I think she's the best thing about it. She's as as uh, Michonne. Yeah. Right. She's 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 just yeah. Every again, I think I've gone for people with a lot of acting gravitas who really do bring a lot to their roles. I mean, even with Maitre, even though she's very new to the new to the industry, I've I've gone for people I feel can really, you know, can really bring this to life. 
That's a good. That's a good shout. But are we not? We're not going to see Denai. We're going. It's just her voice. It's just her voice in this this case. Yes. I mean, I I think if that you know if the the villain thread carries on into another film, then maybe she'll make an appearance, but not in this film. Maybe she's Blofeld. Yeah. Mm. And that's also, a- I mean, they're just going to call her boss. They're not going to give her. We we don't know her name at this stage. Ah, okay, yeah. So it's teeing up maybe for a reveal and further down the series. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Cool. Great. Let's talk about director, shall we? Director. Yes. You, you've obviously had a good. You know your your film feels very well thought out, very kind of fleshed out in terms of your ideas and thoughts. Who are you going to trust with your vision? Well, have you guys seen? a film called Hunt. It just came out. It's a Korean film. No. Aha. Right. So Hunt is a, well, it's actually an espionage action film and it's directed by Lee Jung-jae, who you might have seen in, um, in Squid Game. Ah, he's the main guy in Squid Game, right? He's the main guy in Squid Game. He's just signed on with uh, Lucasfilm, I I believe, also to do do something with them in one of their new new Star Wars shows, and he, you know, in in this film Hunt, when when you know, I kind of when I when I watched it because I was on the jury for London East Asia Film Festival and it opened the festival, and I met him as well, so I saw him, and he was wearing this really cool suit, and I was like. In my head, again, a lot of this is it's I don't want to call it recency bias because these are people that I have been interacting with in recent times. But I I just when I was thinking about this, who would direct it? And the fact that I saw Hunt and thought this is an espionage film and he has done such a great job with it as a first time director. I feel like he can. The only thing I would say is that he probably needs uh, like a translator to in between him and and the cast. So we might have to work around that, get him a co-director, somebody, you know, who's good at action perhaps. But Lee Jung-jae, I feel he has the chops to to make something like this come to life. He's been able to to bring us those sequences that I was very keen on. He gave us a car chase in Hunt that, again, I was very impressed with. And I thought, you know, Again, Korean films and Korean culture is really buzzing at the moment. And I feel like he can he can do it. And also, I'm adding in that he will be making a cameo in this. Oh, <laughs> good. Brilliant. Yeah, Korean cinema or like Korean culture really just have such a moment right now. It feels yeah. like a great time to, to bring him in. I haven't seen the film Hunt. I have seen Squid Game like every other human on the planet. But uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually know that he... he um, this is a, do you say that was his, his directorial debut? Yes, it's his absolute debut. He has just uh, just created it. It just hit our screens in the UK very recently as well. And uh, again, I, I felt like, you know, he took a lot of historical events that happened in, in Korea and then turned it into, into this very cool narrative. And I was really impressed with what, what he did. It was very stylish. I think he has the chops to turn, you know, turn my Tessa Thompson into uh, Femi Bond. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I'm. I'm not very aware of of what his career was like before Squid Game. What What, what was he up to then? Has he been he around was, for a while? He's, 
he has been he has been he has worked for a long time in television actually in Korea so he has just made that crossover but you know for a long 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 time he has acted in so many so you know so many series and films in Korea and he's become obviously the the Netflix show helped the international stardom but you know he's he's you know he's launched restaurants and he's a businessman and he really you know he he's one of those those kinds of guys that I feel can can jump in and just do the job for me yeah definitely I always feel like when we see things especially through I guess through a western lens of it'd be like a, a newcomer really but of course has had you know an enormously successful career for years and years um you know before anyone even heard of squid game so he definitely <laughs> so it's not like he'd be like shoved in the limelight to make a bond film although of course that would be the next level up really to direct a bond film but you know he's got he's got a, a cool head on his shoulders plenty of experience exactly and in fact saying when i was saying about that because i when i saw him he had his interpreter with him on stage so that's something that i was thinking of and i feel like someone like ss rajamouli who made rrr has the chops to turn the action and get the right vfx into bond so i might put in i might throw in ss rajamouli as his co-director uh have you seen rrr either of you no i haven't like a part of it you have it okay well so this is a film that is on Oscar Watch at the moment it's on BAFTA Watch and everybody is talking about it for example and Edgar Wright has said how much he loved loved it uh, David Oyelowo has talked about how he's watched it with his family so this is um, a film that is really huge it made loads of money for india it's an indian film made by one of india's i would say most well known directors at this stage and he's in la at the moment uh, america has gone crazy for this film and it probably will win something in the award season potentially something quite big uh, i would recommend that you guys can catch it on netflix It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It is in Hindi on Netflix, even though the film was made in Telugu, which is one of the South Indian languages. And uh, but you know you'll be reading subtitles, so it won't won't matter so much. But it's about two revolutionaries who, you know, they existed at different times in their lives when Britain invaded India. He has imagined. Raj Mauli has this creative imagination. He has imagined that what happens if these two work together to actually. you know be- become the freedom fighters and what he's done is brought to us fantastic fights with tigers and motorcycles and i always say to people that india has some of the best vfx artists in the world because hollywood always uses india for this but india doesn't necessarily have the budgets so a lot of the indian films don't have the budgets to use those top of the range vfx artists Rajamouli after Bahubali which was such a big film he was given that budget with the RRR so he was able to use it to fabulous effect and you'll see gifs if you type in RRR into your gif engine on say twitter you'll see the gifs of motorcycles spinning and and tigers jumping it's it's actually quite incredible and it's really captured the imagination of so many people who were into the action genre and some of them have said that it's as good as as good or even better than some of the superhero movies they've seen just because of the way the narrative works with this you know this kind of epic imagery wow brilliant you've you've absolutely sold it to me i'm going to watch yeah. it 
almost immediately of course we'll get to this episode first but i've got a big list of of things to for our listeners to, to recommend to them Gee, I, i'm always curious about um we mentioned before about uh, korean cinema and how, how um how, how big that's becoming talking now about indian india a film from india that's, that's that's becoming popular as well do you think it's a symptom maybe of some of the films that are coming out of more traditional hollywood studios being a bit more stagnant that people are looking elsewhere for for a bit more creativity and looking for something different elsewhere another marvel film or something a bit more interesting that's coming out of of india or korea true i i think that there is this superhero fatigue that many people are kind of complaining about because they feel that there's been a formula and that formula is what a lot of the big studios are going for not quite realizing that they've now got this global market and people from different countries are watching these films and also adding to a rotten tomatoes score for example so it's it's it kind of is a very interesting way the world is changing in in so many ways and pop culture is coming out of other countries now in in a big way and where we all look to america for all our pop culture squid game came and changed changed that and this is where netflix for example has had a big you know i've i think i've mentioned netflix so many times if i was on the bbc i'd be told off <laughs> by now you know because i've i've mentioned it so much because they've allowed us to see what's what's out there in a way that never happened before and just taking the russo brothers and what they did with uh, with the gray man and how they brought a Ryan Gosling and they brought uh, a Danush from South India together and put them into this film together and seeing seeing them talk talk to each other I'd interviewed the three of them together the Russos with with Danush and you know the Danush again is an actor who's huge in his own realm has millions of followers but the west wouldn't have heard of him at all and this is where suddenly when you start putting these these industries together you start to see a huge shift because people are like whoa this guy was on screen for 5 minutes but he was so interesting love to see more of him so this is this is where i feel the the world is changing in the di- digital age and it's accelerated since the pandemic because people sat at home and thought oh what is this malayalam film let me just give it a go and see what it's all about because now i can watch it in my language i can watch you know watch this with subtitles as bong joon ho said on the oscar stage that one inch of subtitles is stopping you if you're not in if you don't want to read them it's stopping you from a world of cinema if you're interested in them your world just opens opens up and i think these are all little things that have made a big difference to how global cinema is changing it's exciting as <laughs> for sure yeah that's yeah brilliant agree with all of that sounds um <laughs> Yes, yeah, like people can people can travel in the pandemic, but you can still travel culturally. You can still go and experience these countries through the culture that they produce from your living room. <laughs> Absolutely. So, shall we move to theme song? Sure. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, let's not go more into Netflix because <laughs> I know too many plugs. Too many plugs. I'm waiting. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Spotify. Well, the, <laughs> last, <laughs> the well, last thing I wanted to say about Lee Jung Jae is oh, that. Yeah continuing with the teal theme here aren't you that's the you know the teal tracksuits from squid game yes, so <laughs> yes i mean t- somehow teal just 
I don't know why it screams villainous to me, but uh, <laughs> somehow it feels it feels right. It feels right. So in terms of who does the theme song, we've had lots of big voices. And having had people like Adele giving us such stunning renditions, there is a young lady called jo Joy Crooks. She's British bungler and she is super 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 talented she was nominated for the rising star award at the brits awards in two year 2020 uh you know her album skin had you know hugely critically acclaimed album this was and it hit the top five in the uk and here she is you know she um she's half irish half bangladeshi and she grew up in like Elephant and Castle. And here she is making this kind of music. And she's got that voice. It's reminiscent to me a little bit of a cross between, say, an Adele and an Amy Winehouse almost. So she's got that passion in her voice, a lot of emotion in it. And I think she could give us a brilliant Bond theme. Wow, a cross between Adele and Amy Winehouse. That's that's pretty a big claim. <laughs> <laughs> big call. Yeah. I don't, I'm not familiar, I don't think I'm familiar with her work. She's pretty new to the game. I mean, she was, you know, in, she, she, she's, she's, she's growing in, in terms of her kind of life and artistry in many ways. And Skin only came out last year during, uh, but still it was kind of during the pandemic in many ways. And she's, um, she's, she's one to watch because she's, you know, she's won at the UK Music Video Awards. She's been nominated at the Mobos. You know, BBC Radio One said it was one of one of her songs. When you were mine was one of the best records of the year. So she's getting a lot of a lot of buzz, and she was part of uh, kind of BBC Sound of 2020 as well. MTV UK said she was one to watch. So you know that all the big um, you know, and she was nominated for the Mercury, Mercury Prize also with Skin. So you know that she's got the gravitas to do this, and it's nice to give it to somebody slightly different mm. and say, hey, give us you know, show us what you've got. Yeah, yeah, that's I kind of felt that that was the the case when they hired Billie Eilish. It was someone yeah. fairly new to the industry that was yeah. a bit different. Personally, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Billie Eilish song, but I appreciate the fact that they, you know, brought someone in that wasn't just about, you know, selling CDs and, or, well, that's the old speak, isn't it? But selling <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I like that idea of, of Joy Crooks, did you say her name is? Joy Crooks, yes. C-R-O-O-K-E-S. I think you'll love her music. I think you will love her music for us, especially. Yeah, this year, it's, I would say it was right up your alley. Okay, okay. That's that's interesting. Nobody really knows what my alley is when it comes to music, so that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll have to find out uh, in another episode of Build a Bond. Yeah, the follow-up. Yeah. Brilliant. So Joy Crooks, um, I mean, that's us got through the kind of big five picks. Something tells me, Shanti, that we're, we're not quite done here. We've got some more things to get through. Is that is that right? We have. We have. And are we running out of time? No, we have as much time as you like. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Because <laughs> I can go on and on. No, I was, <laughs> I was called the golden gob as a child. So... Uh... <laughs> like, well, I suppose you're in the itself, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think we could we could incorporate that into the theme song somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're in the right the right line of work anyway. <laughs> so I will give you who I've picked as M. Yeah. Okay. I've gone for Golda Rochevel, 
who is the queen in Bridgerton. Don't say where Bridgerton can be seen because I'll get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Sarandos will, well, he'll be very happy with us, actually. We're giving lots of uh, lots of plugs to, to Netflix. And for Money Penny, I'd go for Buki Bakare as, as M's assistant. And uh, Buki Bakare was in Rocks. Also to be seen, I have to, I hasten to add on <clears throat> Netflix. Um, <laughs> Although it was a totally independent production made by Sarah Gavron a few years ago, it won a whole ton of awards, including Buki Bakari winning uh, a BAFTA, BAFTA Rising Star Award. And mm. do you want to know who Felix is? Felix, yeah. yes. I love it when we get a Felix. Yeah. We get a Felix. We must get a Felix. I mean, we have seen them changing up that role quite a bit in recent years. And I want to go for Shuti Gatwa, who is in Sex Education, also on <coughs> Netflix. And also he's uh, going to be Doctor Who. And I feel like he would bring kind of that nice, nice bit of, of geekiness also to it. You know, all these very well-dressed people. Yeah, he's, I mean, because you say geeky, but actually really cool as well. Like, n definitely not like overly geeky. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I'm also giving you a cue. Yes, we we need a cue, right? Obviously. Yeah. And I'm going for Nikesh Patel, whom you may have seen in Starstruck on the BBC. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, Starstruck. Um, the New um the comedian from New Zealand. Um, yes. Yes, I, I forget yes. her name. Brilliant. I, well, I thought the first series was really good. The second series I, I wasn't so mad on, but uh, the first series was brilliant. So Absolutely. He... So Rose Matafeo, who made yes, this uh, show uh, with the, with the, this guy who is, you know, uh, absolutely, and I've I've met him and spent some time with him. And that is such a really cool, cool, lovely guy. And he was in Four Weddings and a Funeral by Mindy Kaling. And uh, he was in Indian Summers. We've seen him doing also uh, Doctor Who. He's been in that. He's been in Man Like Mobin. He was in Artemis Fowl. And he's also in Amazon Prime, The Devil's Hour, where he plays yes. quite a, a big role. Yeah, that's so that's one that I'm about to start watching and um, mm. looks terrific. Yes, very, I, very scary. I, I actually, um, when I watched him in Starstruck, because he plays like a, a movie star, basically, in Starstruck, very well dressed, very suave. I did think when watching someone who could maybe play Bond in the future. Well... You know, it's definitely a possibility. He has the look, the look for it, and he again can he can wear his bow tie and look just like Fraser and <laughs> the, the Bond template. Well, that's yeah. If I can inspire those young actors to you know, look like me, then that's probably sending them down the wrong job path. Job done. But... Job done. You know, <laughs> those are those are my my kind of my people. And in terms of locations, I'd like to give you London, of course, because I'm a Londoner. Mm -hmm. I'd like to give you Kerala in South India because it's so beautiful. And I want this amazing backwater scene on the houseboats because going going on those houseboats almost kind of I fe it felt like a transformational experience for me. I'd like to do Seychelles and St. Lucia. I've not been to these two places, but I'd like to, and I'd love them as uh, it could be Bond that takes me there. So I'm throwing those in. <laughs> I'm throwing in, <laughs> I'm throwing in La Isla Mujeres, which is the island of women just off Cancun. You can take like a, a, a boat there. 
or a ferry. And I'd like to throw in Egypt because I loved Egypt as a as a place. And, uh, you know, I feel like it would be very interesting to to use some of those locations there. A globetrotting film by the sounds yeah. of things. Has to be, has to be. Yeah. So anything that I, I put out of, the, of this scale has got to be. Yeah, definitely not a carbon neutral bond, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What what a, what a lineup of locations, what a lineup of cast so far. Should we talk plots? Is that what we're, we're getting yeah. on to? I think let's let's go on to plot points. Um, this, uh, this is all about a new 007, so takes reins, suits up. In this case, drinks espresso martinis like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she kicks ass with, you know, with her bod girl, you know, her wisecracking kind of backup, the two of them together. Uh, when these two kind of tech smart villains come in with a threat to US national security, so not even British national security, but they're coming to London because one of these boss, one of these villains is in in London, the other one is in Seychelles, and they're doing all their stuff kind of remotely, and the only one who can stop them is 007. Going on to gadgets now, have you seen Black Panther, both of you? Yes, I went to see it yesterday. L- not the new one, no. Okay, but you've seen the first one, and you know uh, the sort of things that they have in it. So. For me, I love the the rings that Nakia uses. She has these rings that are really cool. But in this case, I want these rings to, you know, because of course we don't have vibranium in the Bond world, but these will be so cool that she can actually shoot shoot out of them. So instead of uh, using using a gun that Bond normally uses, it'll be like these rings that can actually do the the shooting. And the, the, the Kimoyo beads that they use in, in Wakanda, which are really cool because they like they look like like jewelry and they, they look like a bracelet, but they can actually be used to do cool communicating. And I'd like something like that, something similar to that, but probably because Kimoyo beads look like they're circles, I'd like them to be little cubes that do these really cool things. And they can so they you know they can they can shoot out little drones they can they can do a lot of cool little things like that and in terms of the cars i have to have an aston martin db6 dark green not teal <laughs> not teal not teal <laughs> no 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 bond's car has to be i i'd like a nice kind of metallic dark green would be good i would like some other cars also i'd like this kind of bond to have this really cool underground they're almost like what Batman has with all these cool cars. So I'd like a Bentley Continental, Bentley Continental GT, a Rolls Royce Wraith, which is really cool, a Ducati v- V4S, uh, a purple Volkswagen Corrado VR6 campaign, which is a very rare model. Only six were ever made. So would definitely have to have that one in, in my version of Bond. Are you writing all these down, Fraser? I've, I've, I've missed one. What was, what was after Rolls Royce? Oh, right. So Rolls-Royce Wraith. So it's a very specific Rolls-Royce that I've picked. Right. And a Ducati V4S. That was the one. And a purple Volkswagen Corrado VR6 campaign. So it has to be campaign, which is the rare model. (laughs) Only six of of them were made. You don't don't have to be quite into your cars, do you, by any chance? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you won't believe this. I actually don't drive and haven't driven for many many years but i used to be a huge car buff so your questions just got me so excited. <laughs> wow 
What a selection. <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you feel? I, I, I just want to see it made. I'm saying, <laughs> Barbara Broccoli, are you, are you listening to us? Brilliant. Lots of great stuff that we loved already. Lots of great recommendations for stuff that um, we haven't seen before. The perfect mix, really, for me. The only question we have to ask you now, Shanti, is what are you going to call your film? Oh, gosh. You know, I didn't think of this. I've got mm. a suggestion, if it might help. Okay, go for it. Based on where you have clearly drawn a lot of your inspiration for the film, I thought you could call it License to Netflix and Chill. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, I've gone down that route as well, and I've, I've come up with Never Say Netflix Again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys are too funny. This is, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I it's interesting how many uh, Netflix talents I've put into this, uh, into, into this, but they are segueing into some various other things. So it's not just no, them. for That's sure. Also, going but, with the, the, the teal theme, I've got teal finger. Is that a good <gasps> teal finger is very good. I like that. Nice. Okay, sounds that's like a good winner. I like it. Teal finger. It even fits into the song. <laughs> yeah. The man with a teal touch. <laughs> I was sort of similar to that. I suppose we could go for, I suppose, more of a reference to yourself. The girl with the golden gob. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's go make this movie, guys. Yeah, let's yeah. get it done. Dante, thank you so much for your time and for for coming on to chat to us. It's been it's been brilliant. If our listeners love this episode and want to see loads loads more of you, where can they where can they see more? Oh, just type in A S H A N T I O M K A R into Google or into Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Name <laughs> <laughs> it. I'm there online. My my ex tech background certainly has uh, has put me in the limelight online. I guess. Great. Well, that's that's where we'll be heading to see more more of your work. Um, looking forward to your next appearance on the Total Film podcast, uh, which is a favorite of ours. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. I've had such fun. This really got my kind of imagination flowing. And I feel like I need to kind of get out there and write a treatment for a film. It's really, really amped me up. So thank you for, thank you for having me and thank you for suggesting all of this. The pleasure has been all ours. Jeez Louise, that was a big one, wasn't it? I have. Uh, I don't think we've had as, as many picks in, in terms of sheer quantity. Yeah. Uh, before and also I would argue in terms of sheer quality as well oh, yeah yeah I mean I've got repetitive strain disorder in my, my right hand here from writing everything down it's um yeah that's what it's from not from <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that I have to say I really did I thought Ashanti was such a great guest so full of fun so full of laughter and just great film knowledge yeah, I mean, obviously we were here today to talk about Bond and talk about films and music and everything. I feel like I could have just sat for an hour with Ashanti and talked about anything, to be honest. I know, yeah. And we've got so much, so many recommendations from her to go and watch stuff that's very new. That's what I loved about this film was that everything was very new and very up to date. 
Yeah, having said that, I felt it was a nice balance. Lots of new stars that no doubt we'll be hearing loads about in the future, but also a lot of big names, big established actors, maybe in roles that we might not expect them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, no Madonna Bell this week. No. Not a one. Not one, um, but lots of good picks. Um, if you want to let Ashanti know what you think, then you can tweet us, Instagram us, buildabond007. And of course, you need to check out all of uh, Shanti's content online. As she said herself, she's a tech a tech whiz and she's all over the internet. So I'm sure you won't struggle to find her. Um, but loads of great content out there. Fantastic. Well, Fraser, I will see you next week. Will you see me next week? In the podcast world. What if I'm off sick? Well, <laughs> just me then? I would be. I would be. Don't worry.